Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Uh, well, not everyone. Happy Mother's Day, moms. The rest of you, you know, who have moms here, you have stuff to do today, right? So you guys are already on it. Uh, but we wanted to do something a little bit different today. Uh, we've been doing this series on the attributes of God, and there's just some things we wanted to share, and uh, Pastor Liz wanted to share as well, and just have a chance to share with you guys some of these stories and examples and testimonies, and just some real things that the Lord uh, has ministered to us and shown himself so faithful to us uh, over the years. But before I do that, moms, how many moms in the house? Woo-hoo. So many moms. Do you know that the majority of us are here because of our mom's prayers? You know? I thought you were going to say because of moms. Oh, because of moms. So yeah, yeah. Okay, from a physical perspective, yes, you're all here because of your uh, natural mom. Yes, thank you uh, for that. Uh, but what I'm saying from a spiritual perspective, so many of us here because we've had praying moms. And so for a couple things. One, I just want to thank you, moms. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for the midnight, uh, the midnight puke pickups, the the nursing, the, all the things that you guys do, the caring for, the concerns, the prayers, the work that you guys do. But more so than thanking you, I wanted to encourage you. And I felt like the Lord wanted you to know today, you are enough. You are enough. You are the mom that you are because of who he is. And he is growing us, and he is working on all of us, and I get that. But the Lord wants you to know that you are enough. And in fact, you are the mom of the children that God has given you, and you're the right one. Yes. No other one will do. Yes. You are the right mom for your kids. Yes. And I want you to know that your prayers are effective, your sacrifice is noted, and your constant care and concern is appreciated. Amen? Let's pray for moms real quick. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for every mom that is here. Father, we just bless them. Lord, may you bless them indeed. Bless them with your peace, with your strength, with your joy. Father, I thank you for the anointing that is on their lives to do what you've called them to do, to do it in a strength that only you provide them. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you will give them supernatural strength when they haven't slept enough. Father, that you will give them everything that they need to do the job that you've called them to go do as they trust in you. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that they are enough. They are enough just exactly who they are. The way you created them, they are enough. Lord, may they will trust in you. Lord, that you would bless them indeed today. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. All right. So that's a great segue into um, what we wanted to do today. Uh, It's interesting because also what you were saying before you prayed for the offering, uh, it all kind of ties together with when you, what you believe, your belief comes first and out of it flows your thoughts and your actions and your feelings. So um, y'all who know me know that, I mean, I just tell everything. Not everything. Um, there is a filter. But I, I'm very open. I've got no problem being open because I feel like in that way, God gets all the glory. God gets all the glory. Uh, and then there's no, um, there's no false praise, and there's also no false accusation. Um, so it makes me feel safe to be open because then I just am trusting the Lord. Uh, so for a long time... I struggled with, my kids deserve better. My kids deserve better. You know, I suck. I don't know if that's like a bad word for your kids. Tell them, be like Jesus, not like Pastor Liz. You know, um, if kids, if you're not allowed to say that, don't say it. My kids aren't allowed to say it. Anyway, but that is what would, that is the lie that would come. I mean, and if you walk with Jesus for any length of time, you know what it feels like when the enemy comes after you, when there's an attack. It's like a fog It's like a fog of lies, and all of the feelings begin to stir up. Um, And if it is, like, best-case scenario is that you can feel it happening, and you can take action, you can speak the word, you can resist the devil, and he will flee, you can stand on the promises. That's the best-case scenario. You get an authority, and he does flee, and you win, and it's a testimony, and that's awesome. Worst-case scenario, how I used to say it was, I am underwater before I even knew I was wet. 
Meaning, I, some days I would wake up and it, I would just, all the feelings would be there. And there was no take authority. I was just under. And one of those things was, I'm just not enough. I'm not doing good enough. This is too much. This is, re-. there's a couple of catchphrases. Now when I hear them, I hear them. And I'm like, let's back that. Let's back this train up. But for a long time, I didn't hear them. This is ridiculous. I can't do this. I can't do this. This is ridiculous. My kids deserve better. And I think finally the Lord just got fed up. Thank you, Jesus, that you just, he just put his foot down. And he said, okay, Liz, pick a different mom. Pick, a, pick the mom that you think you would pass your kids off. Pick the better mom for your kids. And I know some great moms. So I start thinking, Psh, bet you Ruth would do better than me. I'm like, well, you know, that's a lot of kids. And, you know, she got her two kids. And, I mean, I have to let her know to be careful about this one. Like, you know, I start trying to find a better mom. And I couldn't find the mom that would replace me. It would be a combination of other moms. And it was that day that the Lord just kind of was like, okay, can we be done with this now? Can we be done? And that day, my core belief changed. I am the best mom for these kids. No other mom, they weren't given to any other mom. All eight of them were given to me. And I am the best mom for them. And that day, from that day on, I have never again woken up or been attacked in that way because my core belief changed. Now, the day before it changed, if Andy would have come up to me and been like, hey, do you think you're the right mom for your kids or do you think it should be someone else? I would have been like, Andy, that's a weird question. Of course I'm the right mom. Sometimes what our core beliefs are, like aren't, we don't know what they are. We think, oh, well, of course I believe God loves me. Of course I believe it. But our actions say otherwise. Our actions and the feelings and the thoughts that we have, they point to what, our, what we're really believing. Because I'll tell you, church, if all of us were really believing that God is good, we're really trusting and leaning into and living out that belief, our lives would look different. If we really believe that God is faithful, faithful to his word, I mean, I would be more of a giver. I'd be given money left and right if I really knew and trusted that out of his riches, I would be provided for no matter what. I wouldn't fret about the quote from a master bathroom. You know what? We're going to do it ourselves. You know, and the Lord's like, okay, I'll help you with that. But I also would have provided <laughs> the $16,000 to redo the master bathroom. Um, uh, if I was really believing in his faithfulness to provide, maybe I would make different decisions. And so um, I'm a challenger. I do this in my own life. I do it with my husband. He loves it. It's his favorite thing. Love this. He loves being challenged. Um, I like the easy road. Uh, I do it with my kids. It's, I, I'll sit there and say, well, what are you, if you were really believing that, you know, if you were really trusting that mom had your best interest in heart, at heart, you wouldn't be fighting with me about this decision. You would trust me. You'd say, well, mom, this is hard, but I know that you've got me. And all right, you would relent. But instead, we've been fighting about this, kind of at each other about this direction that we want, want you to go in. And it's been a week. When are you going to relent and trust that I'm not trying to steal from you? I'm not trying to keep you down. I'm not trying to control you. I am honestly just wanting to help direct you in the way that you should go. When are you going to relent? and trust in my love for you. And they do relent because I do love them. And that is the truth. But sometimes as children, we don't respond to our heavenly father like he loves us. So uh, Pastor Jason's been preaching on the attributes of God. um, And what are they? What's the list? Do you have the list? Paul's going to put them up for us. So far, we're through seven of them. um, And I... I don't know, like I think I told you guys last week, I don't know where we're going to end up. I don't know how many that we're going to end up doing. We probably could go on for a long, long period of time to do this. Uh, But we've got through seven so far. Uh, He's infinite, immutable. God is love. God is good. God is wise. God is faithful. And God is merciful uh, is the one that we talked about last week. And interestingly, like as I've been studying this and I've been, been learning more about it and the attributes of God, 
Uh, this week I had an opportunity, so I think I've mentioned before I'm bivocational, and so I am, I'm in the office, I, I work at uh, Blyley Technologies, uh, it's a manufacturing company, and so I'm in the office on Tuesday or Thursday, I can't remember what day it was, and I started having this conversation with one of the employees, and they were talking about a relationship issue that they had in their life, and somebody asked her, they said, hey, are, maybe you're like mad at God for something that's happened in your life. And she just stopped and was just like, I think that I am. And the interesting part is, I think many of us, or we have a tendency to blame God for situations and circumstances that happen in our life. And I was grateful that the Lord led me, led me and us to this series, because I was like, well, let me tell you a few things about the attributes of God. Let me tell you that that death of your father at a young age when you were in high school from a massive heart attack, was not ordained by God. That was not God's plan. That was not God's purpose. He didn't do that to punish you. He didn't do that because he was mad at you. That's not why it happened. What The reason it happened is we have an enemy, and there is evil in this world, and God has given us free choice, and people make choices, and they make decisions in their lives, and that has consequences on this earth. And so all of those are the reasons why this thing happened, but it's not because of God. I could hear her just, she was just like, I couldn't hear her, she was like looking at me intently. And I was like, because this, let me tell you about who God is. And I have that because of the testimony in my own life. I said, God is good. He is merciful. He is faithful. And I would give her some stories and examples from our life about how how good God really is, and that when the circumstance happens or uh, tragedy happens in our life, the Bible says that in this world, that's what I told her, I said, the Bible says, in this world, you will have trouble. How many got that, right? In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So the only place we can turn, the only thing we can do is turn towards Jesus. And I I, I said to her, I said, look, this is your only option. This is your only option. She has tried counseling. She has tried this. She's tried all these different things. Not that counseling is bad and it has its place. It actually is very helpful and very good. And I've actually personally have gone. And so I have nothing against counseling. But in this case, her understanding of who God was was wrong. It was off. And her whole filter and her whole, whole life, she would just go around being angry and mad about God and struggling to forgive others because she couldn't get past forgiving God for allowing this to happen. And so it was a really great conversation that I had a chance to talk with her about. Um, and it was one of the reasons why we wanted to bring, you know, stories to you today on about it as well. Yeah. So just the whole purpose this morning is just to tell you guys some stories, um, yeah. testimonies. Uh, I think about we had, and I've, I've alluded to this story before, maybe I've even told it before. We had a storage unit um, when we moved from our big house to our mobile home. We lived in a mobile home for five years. Jason uh, left GE. He, uh, he had been there for 11 years, and he left GE. Um, the Lord called us out. He literally just called us out of a really big, comfortable boat <laughs> and um, into, onto the water. There was no boat, so there was no job. It's help at the church, whether they pay you or not. Um, and so uh, we sold our house, and we moved our four kids at the time. We went from four kids to seven kids in the mobile home. Um, We had a storage unit, and we had a lot of stuff. I'm not, we don't keep a lot of stuff, but we had a lot of people. So, you know, we have 10 people at our house. So we have, you know, 10 times more stuff than one person, but we're not clutter people. But we did, we had a storage unit, and we were able to get a cheap storage unit on the second floor of the old tannery on Tannery Road in Girard. Mm. This place was the place that horror movies were made. <laughs> it stank. Yeah. You would use this big piece of, like, a huge platform thing on wheels to get your stuff into an old, old wow. elevator wow. that, like, clanged closed, and the walls were like, Arr. I mean, yeah. it was... You talk about praying, hoping that that elevator doesn't stop oh. halfway and makes it all the way up. Now that I'm telling the story, I'm yeah. wondering, goodness gracious, did we not think that we could afford a nicer place? Right. But no, not at the time, I guess. So there it was. we move all our stuff into the second floor of this place, and it's awful. It's unorganized. It's, it doesn't make me happy, but there it is. 
And so then we go about our, our life and we start getting settled and um, I don't know, a couple years this, our stuff was in there and we'd go every once in a while, we need this, we need that, um, get this out, put this in. So uh, at some point we get a phone call, there was a fire, you know, like that was a shocker. There was a fire at the store at the tannery where your stuff is stored and it was right below where your stuff is and there's been damage. The, the firemen had to throw things, you know, to put the fire out. And so there it is. This, we get the call. And as soon as we get the call, we have an opportunity to respond to this trial, this issue. And how do we respond to it? Are we going to respond knowing who God is? Or are we going to respond in our flesh? Which we've all respond in our flesh, you know, here and there at times, right? Or lots of times, really. Um, so immediately I heard on the inside of me, don't even look at it. Don't even go. Like, I'm the organizer. I got the boxes. They're labeled. I had sections. Like, there were sections to the storage area. Like, the, this is the kids' stuff. This is sporting goods. I mean, there was, like, sections. Um, don't even go. So God is wise. And I knew that I heard it. And I knew that it was crazy. That's how I knew that it was God. <laughs> Do you understand? Oh, yeah. He doesn't tell you, you know, I see it. That makes you feel good. You should do that. He's never said, Liz, that seems easy. Do the easy thing. That's a lie. Sometimes he, 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 he has to try to, he has to force me to do the easy thing. I always think, well, the hard thing must be more righteous. It's, it's honest to goodness. Right. Well, you know, if having three kids is good, then having eight is better. No, it's harder. Um, it's just harder. Uh, anyway, God is wise. And I heard it. I knew that I heard it. And in a good moment, I said, okay, I'm not going to go. And I, I said, I'm not allowed to go. Mm. The Lord told me, don't even go look at it because I think that it's going to upset me to the point where it's going to distract me from my life. Yeah. And I'm not going to do well if I look upon mm. the mess. So he went mm. and there I'm, how bad is it? How bad it, what, how bad is it? He's like, well, it's pretty bad. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Well, he's like, I got it. Yeah. So no the <laughs> Lord told me to take your hands off it. So I obeyed. Thank you, Jesus. And I took my hands off of it. Uh, and we began saying from that moment, this is going to be a blessing. Because God is good, he didn't start the fire. He didn't make the fire. Yeah. But because he's faithful, then the word is true that all things will be worked together for good of those Amen. who love him. Babe, Amen. do you love him? Amen. Yep. I Honey, do. do you love him? I do. Therefore, it will be true unto us. This will be for our good in yeah. Jesus' name. That's yeah. what standing in faith looked like for us in that yeah. scenario. Um, and it was trusting all these things. These it things was, that if it he's was, good, then this isn't going to lead to destruction of all of our property and this yeah. horrible end. Right? If God is good, then we're not going to lose. If God is good, we're not going to lose money. If God is good, we're not going to lose time. Hmm. However, do you know, because I didn't go, do not look upon it. One, only God talks like that with me. You yeah. know, he uses words like shall and upon, right? I know his voice. And I it try doesn't, to, but it doesn't work when it I doesn't, talk to you that way. Woman, you shall not yeah. make us late for church. It doesn't work the same. I found that um, to be very ineffective. Yeah, thousand and shalls, this doesn't work. Yeah. Dangerous. Um, dangerous. So we had this moment where we could, we could step into obedience, and we did. I believe if I had not either not heard it or not obeyed, not acknowledged it or brushed it aside, which I've done so many times, church. I've done it so many times. Like he said, don't eat the cookies. I was like, eh, it'll be fine. And I ate the cookies and I was sick all day. So he has tried to help me before and I have brushed him off. Um, and I've, there's been consequences for it. If I had gone to the storage unit, I believe I would have wasted time. I believe I would have gotten super worked up and upset. I believe that my peace would have been stolen. You see, the enemy is always seeking to steal and to kill, and to destroy, and God leads us into life and life abundantly. He leads us into what? Love, joy, peace. He gives us supernatural patience. Yeah. I don't have it. Yeah. I have to step into the Holy Spirit and out of my flesh in order to have those things. They, are, they do not exist without him in me. Um, I've tried. It's not even. There's zero. There's zero without him. So, Long story short, the 
fire was caused by a company below, some paint company that was in a, a storage thing below, and the insurance company paid for everything. They went to the House of Horrors and removed right. all of our items. Yeah. They removed everything. They yeah. took it all to the restoration place. Yeah. They unboxed everything. Cleaned they cleaned everything and reboxed it. Packaged it in beautiful ways. Reboxed it and then delivered it to the storage unit of our choosing. Yeah. We chose a nicer one, yeah. a real one. So Come what on. was the blessing? Who, who was going to have to do all of that work? Yeah. Us. Who had been for at least a year saying, oh my gosh, what a mess. Mm. This is going to be so much work when we have to get out of here, Liz. This is going to be so much work yeah, when we have to unload this thing. I don't know why we ever took this unit. This thing is disgusting. I can't even, we didn't have to do it. We didn't even have to yeah. touch it. It was mm. a blessing. God we were blessed. Yeah. Our stuff was cleaner. It was packed nicer. We had more than enough boxes when it was time to leave the mobile home yeah. and move into our new house. We had tons of gorgeous boxes from the restoration company. Mm. What turned, what was a trial, because we were able to hear his voice, walk in his ways, trust in him, mm. it turned out for good. Mm. Um, and this is the thing, is I think about, I think about in the garden. It's Genesis chapter three. Uh, there's Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve walked with God. Every day. They literally walked with God every day, um, like in person. And still, still, the devil was able to call into question his character mm. and convince Eve to eat the fruit mm. and convince Adam to go along and not apply himself to leading and questioning and protecting um, and paying attention to what was happening. I'm assuming he was around uh, when it was all going down. So what does that teach me about my enemy is that he's skillful. Yeah. He just is skillful at what he does. He is the father of lies. And so I no longer, or I really work hard, not to be condemned when I don't succeed, when I don't do it well. I'm not condemned by it. I just run quickly to the father. I just run quickly to the Father. Uh, so in Genesis 3, what he does is he, he, he comes to Eve and he says, did God really say that you shouldn't eat that fruit? I mean, are you really going to die? You know, is God really good? Would a good God allow a fire to happen? Didn't you pray before you went into that storage unit? Didn't you thank God for a free storage unit? I mean, where was he in all of this? Like, do you hear... It's always, he's always, what his goal is, he doesn't care how much money you have. He doesn't care how successful you are in the world. He doesn't care how healthy you are, so long as you're not trusting in the Lord. Yeah. So long as you are walking in ways that are all about self-sufficiency. Mm -hmm. I got to make my own way. Got to trust, don't trust anyone, just only trust myself. Trust in my bank account. Trust in my career. So long as you are not trusting in the character of God, as he only cares about assassinating the character of God and getting us to forfeit our blessing, forfeit protection, forfeit the protection of God. Because here's the thing, I can protect my kids. I am, I am a little fierce. I am very protective over my children, over what they hear, over what they see, over what they watch. Um, and I've always been protective over them. But I'm not fearful. I let them do dangerous things. I let them do risky things. Um, things that sometimes I think other moms are like, wait, what? Uh, we were at a mom's group and they were like, don't you, didn't you let Ruby and Jai run around Waldemere by themselves last year? How old are they? I was like, oh, they were 10 and 11. They had to be together. They were fine. Like, I'm not afraid for them, but I'm protective. I can only protect them if we have relationship. If they won't listen to me, they're going to just go do their own thing. How can I protect them? I can't protect them if they won't hear me. If they won't trust the words that I'm saying, I can't protect them. You know, they're going to go off and they're going to make choices that aren't good. And there's going to be consequences to that unless I could get there first. If I could get there first and keep some rock from falling on their head, you can bet I will go and I will stop it from happening. Right. Anyway, um, all this is to say is in that particular case, by the grace of God and to his glory, we were able to hear clearly and see clearly who is God, who is he, and how does who he is affect how we respond to this situation. Yeah, and part of the thing too, as you were as you were talking about that, is 
you know, when we let our kids run off at Walden or whatever, we do what we, like a Holy Spirit check-in. And it's just a quick question to the Lord. Be like, Lord, is this okay? In fact, you usually will ask it. Like, you know, hey, is this okay? And we just have to pause. Both of us pause. And we just ask the Holy Spirit. If, he, if the Holy Spirit is wise, if God is wise, and he's got all the wisdom in the world, there may be some times where he says, don't let your kids run off in Waldemere by themselves today. And our kids will be like, well, why not today? Like, I don't know. Because God said that they can't. You can't do that today. But we have to trust in the Lord that if he is good, he is wise, he is faithful, then he will, we can attune our ear to his voice and hear his voice and say, okay, Lord, can these kids go and run off on Waldemere, yes or no? And if you get a yes, then we're trusting the Lord, we're trusting that we heard his voice, and we're going to let the kids do, you know, what they've asked us to be able to go do. So it's this trust in him and to hear his voice. And I know we've done uh, different messages on hearing God's voice and how to position yourself to hear his voice. But I will tell you that his voice comes with all those things. It may come with a little uh, King James version for you uh, with the shalls and the knots. But in general, when you hear from God, it is not laced with fear. There's no fear. There is no fear. If you're at Waldemar, you're like, hmm, Lord, should I allow my kids to go run off and, and play with their friends today? If you begin to get imaginations of them getting their arms stuck in a ride or them getting lost or taken by a stranger and all these fearful thoughts begin to come into your mind, I will tell you right now, that is not the Lord. That is not how the Lord speaks. He doesn't, throughout the whole Bible, you can look how the Lord speaks. He doesn't use fear because he doesn't say God is fear. It's not an attribute of God, so he doesn't use fear. So when you begin to have imaginations of fear and imaginations of things of harm and destruction and all these things, you have to know that is not from the Lord. And you reject that thought and say, "Uh uh-uh, I want nothing to do with that thought because that's not of him. Um, I have a story about that. When we were first learning how to hear the voice of God, um, we were learning it together. Uh, We read a book, John Eldridge book, maybe Mm. Hearing from God. And it was, uh, it was kind of my introduction to like, wait, he, he wants to be a part of my everyday life. He wants to help me find lost library books so I don't have to pay a fine. Yeah. Like he actually wants me to come to him with all of my cares. And my cares often include lost library books that I can't find. Mm. And so I will ask him, Lord, you know where the book is. You know exactly where the book is. You can see it, and I don't know. So if you could let me know where it is, I would like that. And then I move about my day, and I pay attention. And when I get an idea, I know it's him. I go, I look. I don't think I've ever lost a library book that's been unfound since. Mm. Um, When we were first learning this, we were driving from our home in Harbor Creek to El Canelo Mexican Restaurant on the east side. And I had this thought, don't eat there. And as soon as I had the thought, I imagined our whole family getting food poisoning and being ill, Mm. like for the rest of the night. And I legit didn't know if that was God trying to warn me. Like, oh, I don't know if we should eat there. But I was already, <laughs> I was already on my way. I already had the kids in the car. Jason was meeting us after, after work at GE. And I was like, eh, I don't know. So we went, we ate, nothing bad happened. Yeah. And I was like, okay. So I, that was not God. And I began to look at it. I'm a reflective person. I began to look at it. And I began to realize, well, when are the times when I did know it was God talking to me? The cookies, there were three cookies. I was pregnant. He said, share them. And I didn't. I said, eh, it'll be fine. Oh, no, I said, I don't want to. And so I ate the three cookies, and I was sick all day. Uh, grilled cheese. I was making grilled cheese, and um, only, or again, I was pregnant. Eat half. Only have half. Eh, It'll be fine. Ate the whole grilled cheese, did not feel well for the rest of the day. Um, you guys have heard these stories. I had a really full diaper, and it was my practice every single day. It was just was our habit. We, this was in a different house down in Hermitage. Upstairs, I would clean the whole upstairs before we'd even go down for breakfast. I'd change a baby's diaper, and I'd throw the diaper down the steps. Was, you know, I'd throw the dirty wash down. I'd throw the diaper down, and then when we went down, I'd clean, pick those up, and I'd do the downstairs. Well, one day, don't throw it. I mean, as I'm going back, I, I, I heard, not with my ears, but on the inside, don't throw it. And I stopped, 
out, I always respond out loud, eh, it'll be okay. And I toss the diaper down the steps and it hit the slate floor and just exploded. I mean, it was just wet in there, but I mean, if you've ever had a diaper that on the inside, it's like gel, like these little jelly ball things that absorb, it was just awful. So these are the experiences that I had under my belt of when there was another incident with flushing a wipe. Like, it was just God trying to help a woman who was raising kids. This was my life, and he just was trying to help me, um, to save me time and effort and energy. And just side note, time, effort, energy, these are the things your life is made of. This is what you have. You have time, effort, and energy. There's a supply of them. Spend them wisely. And if you want to know what your priorities are in life, look to where you're spending your time, your effort, your energy, and your money. Mm -hmm. Because you can say your priority is God and the Lord. You can say your priority is your marriage. You can say your priority is your kids. I'm going off on a whole new message. You can say your priority is church. But if, we're, if you're only spending your time, effort, energy, and money on rebuilding your classic car or building your career, then you know what is true versus what you think is true or what yeah. you say is true. Yeah. Anyway, that does apply here in a, in a, in a way. No, it's true. Yeah. So... I, I, this El Canelo thing, I began to compare. Well, what's different about the times I knew it was God speaking because it played out. In the end, it proved itself. And this time, where it didn't. Well, one, when God speaks to me, it's short. Share them. Don't throw that. It's like three words. It's never a sentence. It's never even a full sentence. He tells me something. It's short. And he never tells me why. And there it is. That's my, that's my gauge, me personally. I mean, that's how I know when it's him. He never tells me why. Yeah. He just expects me to obey. Don't throw that. He didn't say, don't throw that. It's going to explode. Mm-hmm. He doesn't ever give me what's going to happen because he wants me to just obey. Yeah, trust. Just obey my voice. Mm-hmm. I am not going to tell you why. You're just going to trust me and you're just going to obey. Mm-hmm. So God is so good that he cares about my lost library books. One time, there was a lost library book, and I prayed about it, and I didn't find it for a while, and I was feeling frustrated, and finally, man, I just prayed. I was like, come on. <laughs> like, I need this book. Lord, where? And there it was. It's like I just knew where it was, and I just went, and there it was. And that's a, that's a miracle. Like, that just feels miraculous. That's a miracle. Yeah. It was amazing. I had been looking for weeks, and there it was. And I was so overwhelmed. I was just so undone because it's nothing. Like, God, who am I? Like, I'm nobody. Why, why are you so good? I'm just going to tell you and be honest. I have trouble with how good he is to me. I, don't, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Um, and it's hard for me to receive it sometimes. Like, why? And I remember there had just been an earthquake like that day in China, like a massive one. And my heart was so breaking for the death and the destruction and the babies and the kids and the moms and the dads. Like, I just was broken. And I just held that library book up, and I was like, why are you here showing me where this library book is? There's people dying. Like, go, go, God, please go. Go and help them. I don't care if they don't know you. I know you, and I'm asking in the name of Jesus, go. Go and rescue them. And I had this whole breakdown in the foyer of our home in Harbor Creek, and I got into the car, and the Holy Spirit said to me, that's why I found your book. He found the book because he knew it was just going to stir up on the inside of me this this spirit of compassion and this heartbreak for people who don't know him and that I was going to pray with power and with authority and that I was going to send angels and I was going to release all of heaven to help them because they don't know him. They don't even know the name of Jesus, some of them, but I was going to open heaven on their behalf because he found my library book and the incongruity of it all was going to be too much for me to handle and it was going to unleash it was going to unleash the spirit of mercy. And it was going to unleash this fierce authority and this fierce desire for him to rescue. Do you see what he did? Do you see what he did? He, it's like he arrested my attention in the middle of my everyday, and he used his miraculous love for me to activate me, to activate me 
And I mean, I won't know until I'm in heaven, but were there people rescued because I prayed? I believe there were. But not because I just decided, well, this is a good thing, I should pray for it. Mm. And not that you shouldn't do that, but there are times when I know it's the Holy Spirit pressing in on me to pray. And I trust that it's him. And so I, I do. So anyway, God is wise and hearing his voice, trusting that it's him. My actions now, I trust that he loves me enough and that he cares. So I go to him and I ask him for things. I didn't used to do that. Prior to that time, we loved the Lord. We were active in the church, but we didn't include him in our everyday lives. We didn't ask him to help find library books. We got it. We can do it. We didn't need him. <laughs> I think this is on like kid number four. Suddenly, it's like when you get to the end of yourself, you realize, oh, yeah, I do need him. Mm. And he's standing there going, well, you needed me all along. It's just taking you a while to to get there and to figure it out because he's got so much for us. But it's all rooted and grounded in who he is. Mm. We're a faith church. We believe in walking in blessing. We believe that poverty is not of God. And yet we see it out everywhere. But the thing is, is my faith is in who he is, not in what he's going to do for me. Yeah, come on, let's hear. It's in who he is. God is healer. Mm. Maybe, maybe that's next week. God is healer. Oh, that one's coming. When Jesus walked the earth, he didn't leave a single sick person, and he never put sickness on and a single person. That's right. And the word says he only came to show us the Father. Mm-hmm. God is healer. Amen. Sickness isn't in his tool bag. He doesn't pull it out and use it to teach you something. He doesn't use sickness. He doesn't use death. Mm. He defeated death. That's right. He defeated sickness, mm. disease. It's not of him, lack. It's not of him, death. He defeated death. He gave his son. He watched him suffer. He watched him die. Mm. Oh, oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, I'm a sniffle. I'm a sniffler. Thanks. <laughs> okay, I have one other story I want to tell. Good. Okay, hold on, let me sniffle. I don't have the option to have the sniffle move because I got this thing on here. So God is merciful. This much. one is important to me. It's important for you to know. God is merciful. Amen. What mercy is keeping us from punishment that we deserve. That's right. There was once upon a time I wanted a puppy. I had um, had two miscarriages, right back to back, between after my third child and before my fourth, and I was in a really sad and hard place. I felt distant from the Lord, very distant, like I had done something wrong. Um, it was actually during that time that I decided God is good. I learned um, by a little book by Kenneth Hagin called "When Faith Seems Weak and Victory Lost." I was 33 years old, and it had never occurred to me that God is good, and so he does good things, and the devil is bad, and so bad things are hit his doing. Mm-hmm. God doesn't do bad things. Yeah. A miscarriage is not a good thing. Mm. And so it, it took me, I thought it was my fault or his fault, and I had a really great friend who was like, have you ever considered mm. being mad at the devil, <laughs> who is the father of lies and the author of, you know, and of death? Like, yeah. have you ever considered? <laughs> um, And so I learned that God is good, and I learned that God is faithful, and I wanted a puppy. And so I started pushing for a puppy, pushing for a puppy, and I am married to a man who has trouble saying no. Mm. He has trouble saying no to me. He has trouble saying no to his kids. (laughs) He's got trouble saying no to (laughs) y'all. He just doesn't like to say no to people. He's a yes man, and that's so good in so many ways. Um, And it's good that he's married to me. (laughs) And I needed a yes. I needed someone who says yes, and he needed someone who says no. So I'm pushing for the puppy for about a couple weeks. And I won't do it if he doesn't give it a yes. Like, I won't because I'm not dumb. I'm not an idiot. Like, I don't. We do things together. We're in unity or we don't do it because it's just not wise. It just doesn't work out. So, So I just keep kind of pushing for the yes, and I get the yes. I mean, I'm pretty sure I woke up that morning and you were sitting there and I came down and I sat on his lap and he told me, I'll let you know in the morning. I was like, is it a yes? Is it a yes? And he's like, it's a yes. Of course oh, it's a yes. Yeah. So uh, me tough. and Anna, Anna's like nine years old. 
me and Anna, I was like, okay, we're going to go today. We're going to go today. We're going to drive the three hours and get the puppy. Let's go to Walmart. Let's get all the stuff that we need. And before I left, I put my daughter in the car. And before I left, I kid you not, I knew that I knew that I knew that it was a no. (laughs) I knew that it was a no. It was right here. Don't do it. Don't do it. I knew. And I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. He said, yes, I'm doing it. So, man, I just pushed that right aside. We went. We bought all the stuff. The kids were so excited. We drove. We picked out the puppy. Um, It was a puggle. He was so cute. I got a boy because at that point I had three girls, um, you know, and I... I just wanted, I just was desperate to nurture something. I was desperate for a baby. Um, And uh, so I got this baby boy puppy, and we gave it the very unoriginal name of Pugger. (laughs) We couldn't come up with a name. A Puggle named Pugger. Pugger. Mm, Pugger. Pugger was a good dog. He was a good dog. He just had bad owners. Mm. And it just, despite our best effort, I just didn't have it in me. I had three little kids and then this dog who would attack my two-year-old and take her food. And to this day, she has a fear of dogs. She doesn't yeah. like dogs. Um, she doesn't have a fear of dogs. She, you're right. She doesn't have a fear of dogs because oh. now we have two dogs, um, <laughs> one of which was a yes. <laughs> but I left with two. Yeah. It wasn't disobedience. It just was impulsiveness, lack of yeah. God self-control. teaches us a lot through dogs. Through dogs. Okay, let me stay on track. God is merciful. We get pugger. For six months, our our character, our characters deteriorate. We slowly over time begin to yell at the dog, scream at the dog, swear at the dog. And our children are watching this. The peace in our home begins to disintegrate. We hate the dog. The dog is the problem. And it's not really, you know, the problem was we didn't, I didn't, I didn't obey. I didn't listen. Um, And so one morning we wake up, it's a Saturday morning. And I looked at him, I said, it's over. It's over. The dog is leaving this property today. Today. It is over. It's done. (laughs) And um, I prayed. And here's, God showed me so much mercy that I didn't deserve. Mm. I disobeyed knowingly, willingly. I heard him. I knew I heard him. I was like, nope, I'm doing it anyway. Six months later, a lot of, you know, strife and some money. It always costs you something. Disobedience always costs you something. True. Um, True. I wake up and I'm like, Lord, I did this. I, I prayed. God, okay, I might cry again. I did this. I did this to my family. I did this, God. And now this dog is leaving and my kids are going to be sad and I did it. God, will you please make a way? Just make the way, God, today. He's leaving today. So I'm asking you to show up today and just make the way in Jesus' name. I didn't ask for mercy. I didn't know what I was asking for. God is merciful. An outpouring of his mercy is always preceded by repentance. I did this. Yeah. It's, there's no excuses. That's good. There's no, well, he said yes, Lord. He said yes, too. I'm in of course it. he did. Because I got ways. I got ways to get the yes. She's I got con- ways. He's convincing. He has ways, too, <laughs> just so you all know. I mean, he's got ways that he gets what he wants. Oh, um, Lord, he, help us. I know. You got <laughs> to be, be careful. Sometimes you ask for quail, and you get quail till you can't eat the quail anymore. Anyway. Quail. <laughs> uh, so after I pray, I close the book on it. Is Hatman is this today? So we call Humane Society. They open at eleven. He's like, "Well, babe, maybe someone will take. Maybe we can, maybe we have friends, or maybe there's someone who will take the dog." I was like, "Whatever, man. You got till eleven o'clock. The dog is leaving." <laughs> I did. I said that exact sentence. Yeah. I was determined, and I was done. And I was like, "If the kids cry, I mean, I'm, it's over. I'm, the dog is leaving." The phone rings. It is our best friends at the time. It's Jocelyn Luciano. She's like, I mean, we talked almost every day at that point or often. She knew I hated the dog. She's just like, hey, what's going on? I was like, the dog is leaving. The dog is out. He's going. He's done. He's out. She's like, oh, my goodness. Okay, well, this and that. Well, Olivia at that time, her daughter was, I don't even know how old, maybe 11. 
uh, I get off the phone with Jocelyn. She calls me back not even five minutes later. I didn't say anything about her taking the dog because I wouldn't even do that. She's my friend. I'm not going to give you this dog. Um, she calls me back. She's like, Olivia's crying. Olivia wants the dog. Well, there is one person on the planet who's worse at saying no to his girls than Jason, and that would be Kyle Luciano. I mean, he True, just, yeah, he's a yes man. Yeah, right. Like, he just loves to say yes to his girls. Mm. Although I'm pretty sure he can say no. You can say no. You've I'm grown. Um, I want you to say no. We had a fight once. I was like, you're afraid to say no to me. Just man up and say no. He was like, okay, no. And I was like, okay. That was like decades ago. It was a long time ago. You're really good at it now. You're actually getting a little too good at it. (laughs) That's a whole different conversation. It's like you may have gone too far. That was a long time ago. We did. We had that conversation. Like you don't want to say no. So you're just kind of walking around like halfway helping me when you really don't want to be doing just say no. Anyway. No. (laughs) Um, So she called. She's like, okay, Olivia's crying. She wants to take the dog. I was like, Jocelyn, we're friends. I need to tell you the 10 reasons why you do not want this dog. Number one. Number two. I was like, if you decide to take this dog, that's fine. But you have got to know that you, I have fully, full disclosure. (laughs) Um, she's, she took the dog. And in fact, let me back up before the phone rang, the phone rang and we had just prayed in the kitchen. Did you say it or did I? Somebody. One of us said, whoever is on that phone, whoever is on that phone is taking this dog. We yeah. did. Whoever yeah. that, whoever is on that phone is taking this dog in Jesus' name. Yeah. And it was Jocelyn. And it happens. And she took the dog. They changed his name to Max. I think he might still be alive. Is he still alive? Max is, Max still, is alive. still alive. Oh, wow. Yeah. This was in 2008. Get a name change. <clears throat> that we got this dog. The point is this. The point is this. I was so moved by God's mercy. Yeah. I did that. My children didn't suffer. Their best friends took their dog. And I bought them a guinea pig and a fish on the way home, <laughs> which I later gave away the guinea pig. I mean, when will the woman learn? You can only take care of so many living things. <laughs> so anyway, now we have two dogs. But last year, I let all my houseplants die on purpose. I was like, I'm done. It's over. You all have to die in the name of Jesus. I can't keep you alive. And Anna came, Anna came home from Rochester. She's like, Mom, what are you doing? I was like, no, you're not allowed to water them. They're, they're done. I don't want them anymore. Anyway, he was merciful to me. That's just one story. We could have a story about, about teenage Liz, broken Liz doing drugs, and how I walked into a party, and I used to drink, and I used to smoke a lot of weed, but I walked into a party, and they were, um, it was a party at a house I knew, and they were doing lines of cocaine on the, on the um, coffee table. And my girlfriend, who's the one who helped me get drunk the first time, she helped me smoke weed the first time, she was like, you want to? Come on, you want to? And I wasn't walking with the Lord. I got saved in third grade, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't. I didn't know. I was saved. I believe he's just so merciful that he had me, but I didn't know him. I didn't know. I honestly, I just didn't know how good he was. I couldn't even understand it, and sometimes now I struggle to conceive of it, but Holy Spirit, on the inside of me said, if you touch that, it will have you. If you touch that, it will have you. And I heard it, and I believed it, and I was like, no, I'm good. And I went in the other room. God was merciful to me. So I can tell a story about a dog and cost us a bunch of money, time, and effort, and peace. And that's true. And he, but he was merciful to me then, but he was merciful to me in big things, real things, not that the dog wasn't real. He's merciful. You don't earn mercy, guys. That's why I wanted to end on this one. You don't earn mercy. You don't earn the character of God. This is who he is. If you feel like God loves you, sometimes you feel it, and then a couple days later you yelled at your kids and kicked your dog, and now you feel like he doesn't love you, he does. He is love. His love doesn't change based on how you feel. You have to firm up your belief. Your belief will affect your feelings. He doesn't change. He loves you. He loves you. You don't earn it. I didn't earn his mercy. He just gave it to me. And he gave me too much. I still, I struggle so much. Why? Why did you keep me, give me the opportunity to say no to that, but you didn't keep the person who did it and their whole life was ruined? 
Why, why did you keep my child safe from choking on an apple when she was 11 months old? Why did she live, but other babies didn't? I don't know the answers to those questions, but I know that he is merciful. Amen. And that the degree to which I believe in his character is the degree to which I walk under his protection, the degree, the insane degree I, 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 I receive his mercy. It's unfair. It's unreasonable. The degree that he loves us, the degree that he gives to us is un. It's not based on fair. It's just, it's available to everybody. But the degree to which I experience it, the degree to which I receive it, is the only thing that I have control over. So I can't answer why. I only know that I am determined to make it my lifelong mission to challenge myself Am I acting? Am I acting like God is good in this situation? Am I responding to this situation like I believe that God is good? Mm. Or am I not? Mm. Have I turned on him? And he can handle it. I mean, I've had the conversations. Why? Mm. (laughs) What are you doing? What do you Mm. want from me? Mm. I probably had one of those conversations last week. I'm I'm being honest. This is a journey. He doesn't change along the journey. He is, he he longs to be known. He so wants to be trusted. Just believe. And all of our feelings will follow. Our actions will change. I am not the same person who walked in that party all those years ago. Thank you, Jesus. You change, I mean, a life transformed is is the glory of God revealed to the world. That's what he's in the business of. He's not in the business of only loving perfect people. We all would have to leave. And he'd he'd have nobody to love except Jesus, who doesn't want to be alone. So, yeah, he's in the business of being trusted and believed and being who he is. Amen. Okay. Amen. Let's pray. Just bow your heads this morning. Um, Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you, each of us have stories and testimonies. Your word says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that we can overcome because of you because of who you are, Lord, that you show us an exorbitant amount of grace and mercy and faithfulness and goodness. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that every good and perfect gift is from you. Father, we just thank you for moms today. Father, we thank you for them. We thank you that every good and perfect gift is from you, Lord. We just lift them up. We bless them today, Father God. Lord, we just pray for all of our hearts today that we would just know you more. We would understand who you are more and that our responses to situations and circumstances will be based on trusting that you are good, trusting that you are faithful, trusting that you are merciful, just trusting that you are who you say you are and that you will do what you say you will do. And so, Father, we give you all the honor and the glory today, and we thank you for who you are. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, As we close today, we'll have a couple uh, group leaders up here who will be able to pray with you. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you want to just have prayer about anything, uh, whatever it is that's going on in your life, they'll be able to pray with you up here. I'd also remind you we've got coffee coffee and coffee cake in the lobby, so I'd encourage you to hang out and fellowship with us for a little bit. And other than that, I believe that's it. You guys are dismissed. We love you. Happy Mother's Day.